Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to this video. I'm not sure if you're doing this on your own or with friends or family. As many of you know, we don't have a church gathering this weekend. Our rental location is closed and unavailable to us. So I thought I'd shoot a, a short video resource with some reflective questions that you can do on your own uh, or with friends. I know there are some groups meeting and some people are doing this on their own. So that's cool, whatever works for you. Happen to be in our new location. This office is not renovated yet, uh, but we have access to it. I thought, why not shoot this in here? You can see the old 70s style wall behind us that will be removed and painted. We promise. Um, we're so excited about what's coming in the next few months, but let me jump into what uh, what this video is about. And so if you got a Bible or a phone with a Bible on it, turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. Uh, I want to, I want to, Take this verse. We we walk. We, we skimmed through this verse uh, briefly in um, a couple of weeks ago, but we really really didn't stop at it. And so we're going to take a few minutes in this video to walk through it. And so uh, let, let's read it together. Uh, hopefully, you have it in front of you so you can uh, read through it with me and also keep looking at it as you reflect on your own. So let's read it. Uh, verse fifteen: In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. I want to take um, really that first part. Right after uh, Peter encourages us to revere Christ as Lord in our hearts, he says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Maybe you've heard this verse before. Maybe someone has encouraged you with this verse to share your faith or to give a reason for faith that you have. Uh, a lot of times we read a verse like this in isolation. We just quote the verse. Uh, and don't think about the whole context, but we're fortunate because our church community has been walking through First Peter for uh, several weeks before Christmas and after Christmas, and um, and and we've been immersed in this letter, so we know who Peter's writing to. We know the kind of struggles they've been facing, the the kind of difficulties they've had being Christ followers in their culture, what kind of lives uh, they have. And, uh, you know, Peter calls them strangers and aliens or foreigners. They feel uh, alone at times. And yet they have this hope. And Peter encourages them to be able to describe this hope to people around them. Now, you know, this is not the kind of hope you get when you win a lottery ticket. Um, that's not the kind of hope we're talking about. You know, so often you might meet someone at work one day and they just look like they're beaming from cheek to cheek or they have a certain glow about them or they're acting a certain way. And often you're like, hey, why are you so happy? Or what's the reason for your glow? Or what's up with you today? And sometimes they'll say something like, oh man, I got a promotion last week and I'm just feeling so hopeful about that. Or maybe they're into a brand new relationship. They met someone and they're excited. Um, Maybe something significant happened or they bought like a car for the first time or maybe a house or an apartment for the first time. Maybe they're pregnant and they got that pregnant glow. Who knows? But there's kind of like an obvious reason for their hope because something pretty awesome took place. But something different is going on here. Of course, something awesome has taken place in these Christians' lives. 
But it's different than the things I just mentioned. Because the hope Peter is encouraging them to articulate is different because they have this hope in the middle of struggle, in the middle of suffering. Peter, just before and after, talks about the threats they have against them or the fears that they face daily. And yet, really cool, the, the kind of hope that they have is unique because it draws this unique kind of attention to them. Something is attracting like the people around them to them. They can see something different in them. And it solicits questions like, why do you feel like that? Why are you acting this way? Why do you look this way? And Peter says, be prepared to answer everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. In, you know, in Christian circles, you might have heard the word uh, apologetics. Uh, it means, you know, to defend your faith, uh, to have an apologetic for your faith or have a defense for what you believe. And that really means to have a reason. And, and of course, I think Peter's kind of touching on that. But there's something behind what Peter is saying that goes way deeper than just the defense. And I think about it this way. What sparked the questions that people were asking of them? What sparked the intrigue um, that people had when they met these Christ followers in the first century? I mean, it wasn't their money. It wasn't their material possessions. It wasn't the fact that they got a promotion at work because some of them were sidestepped at work because of their faith. They didn't have a high reputation in, in political circles. What sparked these questions? And in a sense, I, I have this feeling people saw a hope in their eyes or a resilience in their voice or a courage in their step. Maybe there was a certain kind of peace that came with their posture. And people were noticing these things. So let me ask you, what's more powerful than hope that exists when everything in life is going well? What's more powerful than that kind of hope? Well, it's a hope that exists even if everything in life is not going so well. And they had this hope despite their struggles because their hope was rooted in something beyond themselves. And we don't got the time to go back to chapter one and two to kind of relive and relearn what Peter said. You know, he talked about this living hope, this inheritance, this mercy they received in coming to know who Jesus was. It was so deeply rooted in Jesus, the person of Jesus, the story of Jesus, the lordship of Jesus. And so here's kind of two words and they're, they're on this kind of, this old school whiteboard behind me. You might be able to read them. One is, they had a hope that was reflected, a reflected hope. And two words to just wrap this up. Reflection is the first word. See, the hope that they had was not just talked about. It wasn't just a theory. It wasn't just something they had on a piece of paper. It wasn't just even in the book they, they carried around. They didn't carry around a Bible at the time. It's a hope that showed up like in their posture, in their appearance, in their decisions, in their speech, in their actions. It was noticeable. And how they acted and how they reacted. It was a reflected hope. It was a hope that was reflected. Second word, it was a reasoned hope, right? Peter says, 
give a reason for the hope you have. So this is only possible if you know the reason, right? This is only possible when you don't just know what Jesus has done in and for you intuitively, but when you've taken time to think about it clearly so you can describe it, right? The reasons we have for hope are only as good as they are clear. They might be good for us because we know Jesus and we know what he's done for us, but they're not good for others if we can't describe it clearly. So that's why Peter says, be prepared for this. Reflect on how faith in Christ has given you hope. So reflect on Christ. Reflect on what he's done for you. Reflect on this hope. Reflect on what the gospel has done for you. And here's the beautiful thing. When your faith is, is understood clearly, your hope becomes more solid because you can even articulate it deeply for yourself. But secondly, everyone around you who deserves to know the reason that you have hope will be able to hear it in a clear way. And now, before you go off and either chat with some friends or reflect on your own with some of the questions provided, um, before you go off and do that, and before you get excited and say, oh, let me download the gospel for all my friends around me. Let me, let me just give you two things. One is, sometimes a reason for the gospel, when you're asked about it, might only require a slice of the gospel, not the whole thing, just a slice. In other words, Someone might be asking you about your hope and you're, you're thinking like, I'm going to download the whole gospel for them. I'm going to tell them everything about Jesus. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote all of Mark's gospel. I'm going to tell them about the death and burial and resurrection and everything he did on the cross and sin and salvation. And maybe in that moment, all they need to hear just in that first encounter is a slice of the gospel that's relevant to their question, that's relevant to their experience. And sometimes someone's going to ask you questions and say, how can I come to know Jesus like you do? How can, I, how can I experience this kind of forgiveness that you have found with your faith? How can I experience God in the way that you experience him? How can I have this hope like you have it? And then you have an opportunity to not just share a slice of the gospel, to share the whole story of the gospel. But before you share a slice or a story, pray for discernment. Consider the person who's asking you the question. Consider their intrigue and their interest in you and who you are and your faith. And ask the Lord to give you discernment. Do they need a slice of the gospel? Do they need the whole story of the gospel? And I pray that as God leads you and directs you, uh, you're going to have amazing opportunities when people ask you for the reason, for the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. I love you, Westside. Um, I pray that you have an amazing weekend and an amazing start to your week. And um, on your own or even with friends, I just take some time to be grateful for our teams and volunteers who normally set up and minister on a Sunday. Uh, they get a chance to rest from that this weekend. And so be grateful for them. Be thankful for them. Lift them up to God in prayer. They're awesome people. I'm so grateful to serve uh, with so many of our volunteers and teams. So be prayerful uh, for them. And uh, have a great day. And listen, um, you can find the questions and everything uh, either on this post or on our website in a downloadable fashion. Super easy for you to get to. God bless.